0: Alright, guys, I'm here with Brandon Haas. We are in Minnesota. It is full of snow outside, and uh, we're here at the FXR Dealer Show for the 2024 gear. Brandon Haas is the owner, manager, trainer of uh, the Cobamex Yamaha team and of the Cobamex training facility in North Carolina, South, South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina. Pretty close to the border, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I know him from Uh, About a year ago, we did a test on Garrett Marchbank's bike. We spent three days at the Club MX Yamaha or Club MX facility riding all the tracks they have there to offer. It was an eye-opening experience for me on just uh, how professional the training facility is and how big it's grown over the years. Uh, Got to learn a lot there. Um, And then also an eye-opening experience on how professional the Club MX Yamaha team is and how much time, effort they put into that, that racing team and uh, over the years we've seen it grow now we're seeing fxr club mx yamaha guys at the front of the pack in supercross we just got done with anaheim one and san diego where phil nicoletti and enzo lopes were i mean on on your team those are the two guys who are aren't known as well you (laughs) know garrett marchbanks is a race winner former uh factory pro circuit rider uh jeremy martin is champion he's race winner and he's ridden for multiple teams so Uh, those are your two, you know, name guys that draw in a lot of attention. Both of them had injuries that have pushed them to the East Coast, but uh, Enzo and Phil have have picked up the pace. They've they've carried the Colpamex flag on the West Coast, and they're doing a great job running out the front of the pack. So, uh, Brandon, what is it like to be Brandon Haas right now uh, as you carry the flag for for Colpamex?
1: It's it's, uh, humbling and kind of like a little dream come true, but uh, you know, the dark horses of our team, I would say was, you know, Phil and Enzo from the outside looking in. But for us, uh, I think Phil's got a lot more in him that he hasn't shown yet. And so does Enzo, but Enzo's got to pay his dues. Uh, I think he's doing that right now. So with time and he's going to have to kind of earn, earn that next level of confidence for him to get up front and, and get relaxed and, uh, feel the confidence that he belongs. Yeah. Um, where Garrett and Jeremy have already earned that over the years. And, yep. and with that being said, Garrett still has a little bit more to, to earn. But, uh, yeah, for us to go west coast and already kind of feel like we're doing better than expected is cool because east coast is, you know, we're excited for Jeremy to go racing. But, uh, you know, in an ideal world, we wanted to split Jeremy and Garrett on coast. And, you know, just the way things work out, Enzo is progressing so well, and so was Phil. Yeah. That, uh, and then Garrett got hurt. Uh, it just, it's just kind of like a natural fit. But the best is yet to come for Enzo and Phil as well. I think uh, just the fact that they're putting themselves out there out front shows the improvements we made on the bike this year, uh, the improvements with the training program and the tracks, and uh, just the race team evolving. Like All we want to do is get better every year. Uh, get better every weekend and just continue to learn. And I think uh, people are starting to see that that's the direction we're going.
0: That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's it's impressive to see uh, Enzo and Phil, both unique characters in their own rights, and uh, it's super impressive to see them at the front of the pack. So, I mean, Enzo is going fast, very fast, and he's right up there in the front. I mean uh the the san diego supercross heat race he stayed in front of rj for a while um and then both times rj was able to get around him fairly easily Mm -hmm. uh is that enzo trying to be smart is there any like input from you telling him hey we don't need you to win we don't need you to podium we just need you to like (laughs) stack consistent rides is that something coming from you is it coming from him like what what's the mindset of a of a team owner with a guy like him
1: uh, it's kind of twofold. It's uh, the first part of me as, you know, team owner is what the heck are you doing? How you let that guy go? Yeah. You know, like I can't get it. I can't comprehend it. And then by the time I get back to the truck, it's like, all right, be a coach, be a leader, uh, work with him. Enzo's really just, this is new territory for him. He's never led laps at a supercross race before. Um, he gets out front, he rides really good the opening lap, and then I think he. It kind of hits him like he just starts thinking about it. His brain turns back on instead of off yeah. and he gets nervous. He feels like they're all over him. It's like, no, RJ was four bike lengths behind you. What yeah. were you? Oh, it sounded like he was right on me. I did not want him to land on me. Yeah, It's like, he's just overthinking. So I think what you'll see is he's maybe leading a couple laps now. He'll lead a couple more next time. He'll lead a couple more next time. And I think when it all comes together, uh, that switch will flick and, and Enzo's a front runner. Um speed during the week he has he hasn't showed it yet he's still got more speed in him yeah Um, the bike is really good for him his setup is really good we're not changing anything nice actually since we got on the bike in the off season uh we've made very very minor adjustments to suspension uh chassis in general but what we did make improvements on was start maps and getting the power to deliver the way he wanted it Uh, he didn't know the way he wanted it, but with the years, you know, this is year three now with Enzo, uh, missed one year with, when he went to a different team, but, uh, so we really know him well that we were able to develop the motor the way he needed it with very little feedback That's cool. where Jeremy and Phil, they know what they want. Uh, yeah. they know what they need. So I'm actually really hoping that this carries over to Marchbanks as well, because he struggles a little bit more with what he exactly wants out of the bike. Cause yeah. him and Enzo are a lot alike. They just, they just ride it. Yeah. They ride what they got. They make the best of it, which is great. Yeah. Um, uh, But as a team, that's where we're finally kind of stepping up our game to be able to see it and deliver it without them saying anything. That's cool. So I think that's you know (laughs) Phil's got a a new engine package that's unique to him, Uh, and I think that's why you're seeing both of them start up front is we've been able to deliver what they need on a personal level.
0: That's cool. That's cool. So like I I mentioned, as you can tell with the gear in the background, we're at the FXR dealer show, and owner of FXR, Milt, he's he's explaining how cool it is to see – fxr branded gear at the front of the pack in a supercross race um and you guys have done a great job with that fxr has done a great job of creating unique gear uh that is able to stand out from the pack it's easy to know where the club mx guys are and you yeah. explained too that it's also something that riders are looking for in it when they're coming to the team is that correct
1: that is yeah like uh even the latest being jeremy you know the other guys have been here for a minute but alex was the same Garrett was the same. Like when we start negotiating with them, you know, one of the first things uh, that they bring up is how cool the gear is and, nice. and they're excited to wear it. And I think that says a lot for our program because we have partners like that, that help carry the weight where maybe we slack and, in, in, you know, the financial beans and trying to go up against these big teams. So working with a company like FXR is, is very important and high on our list. And uh, it's a passion driven company and we're a passion driven race team. We don't, have a, a corporate agenda to push uh, from a manufacturer standpoint or anything like that so we really want to be able to deliver to uh, our partners and FXR has been the one by our side from the beginning uh, they've been one to help us grow um, you know even the latest with Jeremy like we didn't have the budget for Jeremy so the first thing you do is call your partners and FXR was the first call and nice. immediately we're in yeah. you know we're in like if you think this is the next step we're in
0: like that's cool
1: so it's really refreshing to kind of have like-minded people you know, in it because at the end of the day, we're all awesome. going racing because we love racing. Totally,
0: totally, totally. No, that's yeah. cool. Uh, what about like Yamaha and the support you've gotten from them? Because now you have factory-level riders and you're a privateer team. Uh, you guys started on KTMs a long time ago, and yeah. then you've built a long platform with Yamaha and with Twisted Development, building your engines. So I've ridden Club MX Yamaha. It is extremely fast, and I was impressed with how... Uh, how fast it was last year I can only imagine just more time and also more support from Yamaha and riders like Jeremy Martin joining the team how much better it's gotten since then so like how has the support from Yamaha been because you guys have been finishing ahead of factory Yamaha guys so far this season and I anticipate that you guys will continue to be front runners throughout the year so how's that support been and how, how has it evolved over the years
1: yeah so so actually backing up uh You know, ever since I personally started racing, I've been on a Yamaha. Okay. And uh, we did KTMs because a local dealership supported us. And um, it was like our first little go at it. But I think we all knew the Yamaha 250F was a really good platform. Uh, So we started it from uh, ATVs and more, helped us with the bike. We got to pick what brand. He carries all the brands, and we picked Yamaha. Cool. Um, And then every year they've stepped up and stepped up. And uh, like this year with Jeremy, the biggest thing was our parts budget. We needed an increased budget to give these guys brand new engines every race have a practice rotation dialed in uh we could never really do that in the past versus from a sta- staffing standpoint but from also just a raw cost standpoint uh so yeah Yamaha has been awesome this is a, a big year for us because it's a contract year for Yamaha. it was a two-year deal um we really want to do well and hope that you know i think i think we are slowly cutting co- and, and, and star is a, a powerhouse like uh, you know there may be at a low point for them right now, but it's still a well-established totally. high level program. So of course we want to beat star, but we want to beat everybody else just as bad as star. Totally. I'm personally uh, happy when Yamaha wins with any rider, whether it's star or not, I'm just pumped to see blue bikes. Just like when FXR, you see other gear, like it's cool. You know, you kind yeah. of feel like you got some skin in the game, yeah. but uh, ultimately for us to keep growing as a program, we need a manufacturer to lean on more than what we are now we're not a factory supported effort we're we're a very minimally supported effort from a manufacturer grateful for Yamaha and everything they do but uh you know eventually we are kind of getting to a point where i'm hoping yamaha will step up more so so that we can continue to evolve i think we've proven we can do it with very little Uh, i would like to see what we can do with more yeah and I think we'll continue to prove that. And I do hope it's on a blue bike. That's cool.
0: That's cool. And then can you talk a little bit about like, uh, the training facility side of things? You guys just built a brand new race shop. So you're investing a lot of money into racing, but also your facility as well.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, I've always been all in, uh, the race team has consumed a lot of finances. Uh, (laughs) thankfully club max is doing really well. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I just said for a race program, like ours we have reached a head that we can only go so far being privately funded yeah. um you know eventually we need a you know title sponsorship and manufacture but but club mx is doing really well we're actually getting ready to do a big push on the facility we're gonna be building uh, quite a few houses and developing land and nice. uh, i think that's the next uh, turning point to the facility and cool. we've hired some more staffing and trainers and got updated equipment and just continuing to try to take the tracks to the next level. You know, yeah. Supercross is one of those games that if you can replicate the track very, very closely, you have a lot of comfort on race day, and it helps us with the bike program. Yeah. You know, with limited resources of a race team, the biggest yeah. asset we have is Club MX. Yeah. Very rarely do we go racing and make changes because the tracks are so identical yeah. uh, that we're able to dial in our program really well. Yeah. So uh, I hope with time, you know, we can... Make that an asset to somebody more so than we are now, just being a personal advantage. I yeah. I do hope that we can bring that to a, a larger level. But yeah, Club Max doing really well right now.
0: Um, yeah, very grateful for all the support we receive on both ends. Awesome, awesome. Well, a little bit of a journalist input on what he just said. Basically, what we're seeing at Supercross is you know a lot of eyeballs, a lot of people watching the riders and especially the 250 riders that don't have as much experience, and you even hear the 450 guys say it as well, that they feel so good during practice day, but then when they get to the race, it is totally different. They have arm pump, they're dealing with stress, just a lot of different nerves that play into race day. Where The tracks are so different because the Supercross track is built in two days, taken down, and it's built again the next week in another track, another stadium, new dirt. But practice tracks are built one time, and then they're baked in with sun, rain and then they continue to get more more and more mellow as the tracks get smaller the jumps get less and less peaked the the transitions are smoother because they're just consistently just packed in all day long where uh, if you have a a fresh track and you're constantly you know working on creating a fresh track and creating a, a race day like simulation that helps riders like Enzo Lopes and Phil Nicoletti who Coming into the season, a lot of regular fans at home who don't know those two guys well probably didn't see them finishing on the podium or in the top five. But because they're comfortable at home, they're able to be comfortable on race day. And that that transition helps a lot where you hear guys that are factory-level riders struggling on race day. Uh, They're riding sometimes tracks that aren't as race day similar and and so it's uh and you hear guys that are chasing their tails once they get to the race on suspension settings and engine settings so it's uh that's a huge benefit that you guys offer and that not a lot of people understand
1: yeah and and i do credit uh you know whatever little sus we have achieved as a race program so far it is due to just that we we don't have factory suspension we don't have factory anything it is a completely privateer program yeah but when you seat bounce a triple in supercross on a racetrack versus a practice track it's different feedback from that shock so our job is to replicate that feedback skimming whoops on race day when the track is spongy and pulling the bike down is way different than a rock hard set of whoops Uh you know we get the cupped out we get the ruts we get everything so yeah yeah low ground pressure on a track is is important for both supercross and motocross what does low ground pressure mean like uh you know, like the difference from packing a jump in with a front end loader versus a dozer. Gotcha. You know, it, it it'll pack that top surface, but underneath it stays soft. Yeah. So a rider feels that softness out of the bike and it pulls the chassis down, makes it feel like you got less power gotcha. make, it makes everything manipulated, yeah. you know? So even when we do do testing, we really make sure it's on a fresh track. We got a brand new bottom track, uh, on the way right now. It's going to be finished this week. Nice. So we'll spend some time on that. Then we'll start building a new track and And it's not, you know, you want to build new tracks to keep it changing for the riders, the fun factor, but you also got to build new tracks to loosen them up, soften them up. Exactly what you just said. Totally.
0: totally. All right. Well, good stuff. I guess the last thing, can you give an overview for everybody at home who doesn't know a lot about your facility, how many buildings you have now and people that live there now, but then more so like how many buildings are you adding as well? Because I know a lot of people live and train there in cabins and houses, um, so what are you, where are you at now size-wise and where are you going to be when you're, when you're done with this next project? Yeah. So we're a 200 acre
1: facility. We got, um, you know, a handful of supercross, handful of motocross tracks, um, two RV parts. I think there's, I don't know how many houses and cabins, but 14, 15. Um, and then we have shops where everybody can have their own private garage. You know, they can, if they go racing, they can lock it up for a week or months at a time. Um, but the biggest push is uh, we're going to be building a bunch of housing, and you know we've sort of, uh, I guess, fortunately, grown into our own little community. We're out in the middle of nowhere. It's nice living with moto people. Like I love it. It's a country life. Yeah. But you know, still the Nicolettis and some guys they do live in Charlotte and they commute back and forth, which is fine too. But uh, a lot of demand for people wanting to live there full time and. Uh, I think also with, you know, COVID and things that change, a lot of people working from home. Yeah. So maybe a, a younger kid now has availability for his mom and dad to live remotely. and yeah. uh, So we've denied it over the years and passed up, but now we've got to ahead with these opportunities that uh, we're going to start developing the property. And I uh, have this kind of vision in my head of like a ski resort with houses down the the runs and or like a golf course you know like i want houses around motocross tracks i think it's awesome we're not riding them at night or or anything so it's very peaceful uh living but i think it's cool when you get to live eat breathe and sleep our passion and share it with other people with the same so yeah it's uh very fortunate without the club mx growth we we definitely wouldn't be able to push the race team like we have been yeah cool All right, well, thanks for your time. Good luck uh, the rest of the season. I appreciate it.